The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decision. Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Stock Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Nigel Finch, and joining me today from Perth is Brian Carr. Brian's Managing Director and CEO of the RuLife Group. Now, RuLife is listed under the ticker code RLG and is an innovative e-commerce operator that's uh, really driving sales of Western brands into China and elsewhere. So it's my pleasure to introduce Brian Carr. Welcome to the program. Yes, yeah, Nigel. Great to speak with you and have the opportunity to introduce Life Group. Thank you. So, Brian, before we get under the hood of Life, I'm interested in better understanding your background and experience and what is your experience in e-commerce and what experience did you have in China prior to Life? Sure. Like I was fortunate enough to spend 10 years living in China and working in the mobile payments and e-commerce space from around about 2006, which was a period where China was developing and evolving very quickly. Um, it's, the China of today is a very sophisticated and mature e-commerce and internet-based society. Uh, and I don't think many people, or many people may not realise that, that China really leads the way uh, in relation to online shopping, online payments, and I guess that we're fortunate that we've got a mix of Western and Chinese online experience, and that really places us as a business in a pretty unique uh, position. Mm. Um, if you look at China, it was only a few years ago that it was a, a cash-based society, but cash is pretty much extinct now in China, so it's, everything's done online. So my background is, is really coming from that online payment space um, and, and really, really about how do Western brands go into China. Mm. Now, you've recently rebranded building upon some existing AI technologies. Can you tell us a little bit about the rebrand and also when you were appointed into the CEO role? Um, yeah, so Real Life is in its current form is probably it's a business that's about 18 months old. The rebrand happened uh, uh, late last year to Real Life. And the, the logic behind that is that this is a very much a, a brand that uh, we believe resonates well uh, in the Chinese translation in the Chinese market. And that is very much our focus. Now, we've along the way, we've taken um, a very sophisticated AI engine that we had and we've applied it specifically to e-commerce. So how we better understand um, online shopping users, their engagement and how we, we better engage with them. So I've been involved in the business uh, for about 18 months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just a little bit more about the AI technology and how you use that in real life. I think that's that's a very interesting differentiator rather than just having a static web page with a bit of SEO against it. Yeah, correct. I guess it's a, the, the SEO is the entry point, but then the real intelligence comes about um, understanding a user behaviour. We all uh, respond differently to uh, information and how it's presented to us. Yeah. And we really like to tweak that and understand what's the best way for us to present information to a particularly, particular user. And based on their user behaviour, behavior, what, sort, what sort of demographic does that person represent and how we can then match that with a product? 
And I think that's the biggest test uh, in terms of understanding and um, user behaviour and through an AI learning machine is how do you convert that into dollars? Mm. Well, I'm going to talk to you, or I want to talk to you today a little bit about um, the consumer behaviour in China. But before we do that, I want to sort of better understand the company. So let's just summarise where we've got up to already. You've got lived experience in e-commerce and lived experience in China for 10 years. So clearly, you know how that market has evolved. You're sitting on some somewhat interesting AI technology. And I also understand you've got existing selling uh, relationships, selling branded products into China. So that sounds pretty interesting. Can you give me the 60-second elevator pitch on Life and where it is today? And then we'll uh, start to unpack a bit about the company. Yeah, sure, sure. In simplest terms, Life's a digital marketing and e-commerce company. We help our customers, brands globally, to sell online. And as we've all experienced during this COVID-related lockdown, we're all pretty good online shoppers. And it's a sector which is growing and growing strongly now. It's, we've got a whole new group of online shoppers that have, that have come on board and seen how, just how easy it is to shop online and get your products delivered at home. Now, our focus has been to take international brands into China. And the reason for that is it is the biggest e-commerce market in the world. Um, and it, we manage all things that are required for a brand to successfully sell into this market. And what we're seeing right now is um, brands and companies which probably hadn't fully embraced the online shopping experience have seen the demand which is online, but they're also, uh, wherever they are in the world, they have experienced an impact and a downturn probably in their bricks and mortar business. So they're looking to augment their revenues and sales. Mm -hmm. And when they look online and they see that we're a, a group that can help them in their domestic market, but also take them into to China, we're seeing a great deal of interest. And it's it's led our global expansion quicker than we would have otherwise have undertaken. Mm. Um, and now what we do for those businesses is that we, when we take them into China, we do all things that they require to successfully sell online in China. So we manage their translation, their marketing material, their price point, their peer analysis, so competitor analysis, where do they sit in the market? How do they acquire customers? Then, you know, how do they get the product in and delivered to their to those end customers? And most importantly for them, how do they get paid outside of China? And that's what we look after. Hmm. Well, we're going to go through a lot of that because I'm very interested to understand the business model in a bit more detail. But from the research I've done so far, now given the China focus, it's not surprising that you started with vitamins and wellness products and those sort of things. But my understanding is that your catalogue of curated products is, is a lot wider than that now. Can you explain a bit about the product categories you're currently selling? Yes, uh, we're very focused at this point in time on products in the health and wellbeing sector, personal care, grooming, nutrition, now, the, the two main reasons for that is they are the products that are in high demand. So we have Chinese shoppers online looking for products which they see as safe, reliable, high quality, aspirational. So they're actively looking for products from countries like Australia, New Zealand, um, Europe, the US, which they believe meet those criteria. 
The other important aspect for us as a business is that there's typically generous margins available for us to share you know, with our customers. So when we're actively selling these, we're we're generating a good return for our customers, but we're also generating a good return for our shareholders. Mm. So just to be clear, it's not just Aussie companies you're working with, is it? Can you can you tell us about some of the global brands that you're working with? Yes, uh, we've got a really good spread now um, globally, and I think that's part of our diversification strategy as well, is that not only are we diverse in the products that we're, we're selling and providing, but uh, geographically we're quite diverse too now. Um, we represent and sell brands uh, from the US, UK, uh, Europe, uh, New Zealand. Um, so we've got a very good spread. And as I said, look, at our, our strategy with the business was um, to ultimately take this to the world, but the world has found us um, sooner than we, we had initially anticipated. Mm. So can you give me just uh, just a couple of, you know, uh, off-the-shelf examples of, of, of brands that you're, uh, that you're working with? I mean, is, are you selling like a $5 product from the US? Is it a $5,000 product from the US? Uh, no, it's, uh, so typically the brand um, positioning uh, from the products that we're use, uh, representing and selling out of the US are in the sort of um, sort of medium to high premium skincare brands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we uh, Nurea is a, a US brand that is uh, come out of a, a, a group of executives from Johnson and Johnson, so really do know this space well. They've got a high-quality brand, which we're positioning and selling into the Chinese market. We also have a, a US uh, hair care brand, Vita. Um, once again, that brand that that sale point is typically around um, $30, dollars, $50 per unit. So they're quite um, good units to be selling into that brand. We also have a uh, Colabs, which is a dry shampoo out of the UK. Um, so we're selling that uh, into China. Now, the, the entry point for that one is a little bit lower. That's around about the $10 mark. But that gives you a sort of a flavour for, you know, the space that we're operating in. Okay, so that's, that's useful because I've had a look at your revenue model and I understand that it's a mix of service fees and commission. So how do you generate revenue for the various services you offer? And um, do you end up holding the inventory? Well, what we actually do is we provide um, a service-based um, component of each of the contracts we engage with our clients, which means that from our perspective, um, we provide all of the digital marketing and representation in, uh, in China. It gives us a surety and a recurring annuity revenue that we, we start every month, every quarter, every year with a known baseline of revenue that we're continually building on. But then we have the variable upside of the commissions for the products that we that we sell on behalf of those clients. Now, um, ideally, and this is where we have many of our contracts, we we actually don't hold any of the the product um, in ownership. We hold it on consignment. So as we sell it, we then invoice our clients. Once we have a fair understanding of how a product is selling and our confidence in the market, then we're open to looking at um, uh, taking product on very good terms for us so we know that we're going to turn the product over um, and what that looks like. And because we have uh, real-time reporting systems, we have very good visibility and transparency of exactly how a product is selling and how we're performing against our plans. Mm. So why would a client company um, 
well, well, any uh, branded products company seek out Rulife to help them export into China. So w- what is it that you guys have that attracts these paying clients to you? I think that I'm yet to actually find a business that doesn't want to sell into the Chinese market. Um, the the challenge, and I guess the question that these brands have is they, they're not sure how to do it. Um, they're looking for a trusted partner. And as a um, Australian listed public company, that provides brands a great deal of trust and, and, and credibility uh, for us in what we do. Um, what we also find is that now we've got a, we've established a pretty good track record. Our existing client base um, uh, are obviously very satisfied with what we do. And we find that they are a great reference point for us. Mm. And our, our spread of being uh, having uh, digital marketing expertise based here in Australia and also a very good, mature, um, developed team on the ground in China really allows us to sort of uh, be the bridge for those brands. So we understand both the Chinese perspective and the Western perspective, which is an important element. And we're finding that that is um, something that um, global brands are really seeking. They want to get into this China market, but they just want to have a really trusted, good partner to go into the market with. Now, you put an announcement out uh, uh, describing the marketing partnership that you've got with Alipay. Can you tell us a little bit about how it works and just uh, give listeners a sense of how big Alipay is? Yeah, um, obviously uh, Alipay is part of the Alibaba um, group, which is you know a, a colossal e-commerce um, organisation in China. So uh, we're all aware of these fantastic figures which uh, get reported each shopping festival, 11-11 um, with Alibaba. The way that people make those payments um is using their alipay mobile wallet and uh you know there's 900 million alipay users who are able to make payments using that method it really is a very significant um global player um in both e-commerce and mobile payments and you know we're delighted to be very working very closely with um, alibaba both out of um out of china and also the team here in australia now, what that relationship means for us is that um, it's it's a great partner to be going to market with. Our appointment as their uh, marketing partner uh, means that we are the group which actually will help um, Australian businesses, for example, get online, we'll manage the translation, we'll uh, facilitate the, for that business to receive payment um, from Alipay. Um, so the Chinese shopper is paying in um, RMB using their Alipay account and we will transact and, and pay that Australian business in Australian dollars. We then also put together the marketing and the office for those businesses. So it's a, it's a privileged position and um, I think it gives us a great access to um, a market both here in Australia and directly into China. And so companies can't just roll up at the door in, in China and get listed on Alipay Barber and Alipay, can they? I mean, they, they need they need to work with um, an intermediary like you. Is that is that my is that correct? Yes, it's um, in order to operate in China, and there's you know there's many uh, businesses that have been down this path. It requires investment. It requires um, uh, you know a, a knowledge of how the the shoppers work, how how to market, which is very very different. 
establishing a business and meeting all of the the protocols and the licensing and the approvals is is very very labor and capital intensive and that's what we've undertaken we then amortize that across our, our variety of brands and we provide the experience and the learnings that we've had along the way to pave the way and make it in an easier entry point for these international businesses mm. okay that's that's a, a very um fortunate position for you guys to be in, I think, as being one of the doors into into China. So yeah, given you know a bit about China, and I'm curious about understanding the Chinese consumer behaviour, particularly, you know, I'm talking about consumer behaviour related to the sorts of products that you sell. Can you tell us a little bit, just very briefly, like how they shop? Is there any kind of, you know, gender bias, um, you know any demographic insights that you that you can um, uh, you know co- correlate from this data and and the sort of product attributes that they're seeking. Yes, um, Chinese shoppers online are, 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 are you know are probably a few steps ahead of us here in the West. Um, their online shopping behaviour is is very mature, very developed, and so with that comes high expectations. Um, the biggest thing with Chinese shoppers is that. They are looking for some products that they can trust. Um, the first step in that is getting the trust of, of Chinese shoppers. They want to understand and, and, and prove to themselves that these products that they're buying are real. Um, and once we've established that credibility and trust of having provided products to them, we're able to build on that. The, there is, people do not make uh, very quick buying decisions. They're very investigative in terms of looking at a product they'll want to understand the history of it they'll understand want to understand what the the difference is the point of difference why they should be buying it what else are people saying about it online so the social um, e-commerce component is much more mature than we would be used to in the west now that's an um, how we've got a very good understanding of that and how to position these products to make them attractive um, we also operate across a variety of different channels yeah. because we find that um, in China there is, you know, at the top level you've got groups like Alibaba uh, with their Tmall and Taobao stores. But there are a range of different buying groups that are established online, once again built around that trust whereby a particular skew of demographics, so a cosmetic product, for example, we may find obviously is, is maybe targeted at 20 to 30-year-old females, we know which platforms have a a bias towards that demographic and we'll be profiling and putting that product in front of that user base. So it's about understanding the fit between the product and the particular platform and that's part of our expertise and what we bring to our clients. Mm. Look, I want to just uh, talk about some of the financials just very briefly. Can you tell us your last reported cash position and what your estimated quarterly cash burn is trending at? Sure. Um, uh, last reported cash position, we had $1.3 million in the bank. Um, uh, we used about 380 uh, k during that last quarter um, yeah. as we continue to grow out the business. Um, so that sort of gives you a sense of exactly where we are. Good. Good. Okay. Now, in your last ASX release, I want to better understand your contracts and revenue. So, um, looking at this, uh, financial year 2020 is around $3.5 million in revenue. Um, and you also have contracts in hand of some $6 million. 
Can you tell us a little bit about these contracts, what category, consumer categories they sit in, and how much of the $6 million has already been recognised in June 2020's revenue? Yeah, so this year we had a significant growth um, in revenue up to that, that $3.5 million number. It was about a 380% growth. The, um, the far majority of that, that revenue is contracted and identified revenue. So the, the great thing for us is that we've, we've rounded out the last financial year and entering into this one with a known and identified uh, revenue base. Importantly, the um, $6 million of, um, of additional contract revenue that we've reported, um, only about $60,000 of that was recognised in this financial year. So that means we're carrying uh, that revenue earning into this year and, um, and the subsequent following uh, financial years. So we've had a really good um, period of winning this new work. We've got a very strong pipeline of work. So we're, we're into FY21 uh, with a solid base of, of revenue that we've already identified and, and contracted. And we uh, fully expect to continue building on that. Mm. Now, that, uh, that's a mixture of services revenue uh, and, and product sales. And it represents um, some of the, those sectors that we've already touched on in terms of the, the personal grooming and the health and wellbeing sector. Okay, so $3.5 million last financial year, $6 million on the books. What can you say to us about the revenue growth in um, current year? Um, without, without going into too much detail, I think it's reasonable that people can and look at those numbers and and, um, and divide the, the the total sum across the the years and and apply a a fair portion of that into this financial year, um, which would then obviously give us a pretty significant uplift from uh, what we've achieved in the year that's just closed out. Great. Okay. So, how do you see the company expanding uh, and building upon this revenue? And and how central is the China market to your growth strategy? Um, well, China gives us a a really highly scalable um, revenue growth opportunity. So one of the things that we do see, uh, which probably differentiates China from other markets that we're, we're operating in, is the scalability is something which we, you know, is phenomenal. When we hit upon the key elements of, of selling a product, um, it can become self-perpetuating and that product sales um, and distribution can grow very quickly. And that's the blue sky opportunity that uh, our clients and customers are looking for. And it's also the, the blue sky opportunity that we think we provide as a business for a potential investment as well, is that when uh, some of these products to start to take off, they can scale very quickly. Mm. So what sort of things can we expect to see from Rue Life over the coming quarters? I think that uh, looking back at what's been achieved um, in the, the last quarter in particular, um, and, and if we look at that in the light of it was um, achieved during probably one of the most challenging periods to be doing business, that the, um, the, the uptake and the interest in selling online is growing and growing very quickly, um, as is the desire to access the China market. So we've been building a very st strong pipeline of opportunities and um, our aim is to continue to, to deliver in line with what we've been doing over the last three to six months. 
And finally, Brian, can you tell us why investors should be adding RuLife to their watch list? I think the, the, the key demographics and the tailwinds that's behind us with regards to uh, e-commerce um, and the, the growth opportunities there, particularly with exposure to the largest e-commerce market in the world, um, RuLife provides a diversified exposure across segments to uh, a range of products which are being sold into China, but I think also the geographic uh, diversification and, and reach from a, an Australian-based company um, delivering global brands into that Chinese market, I think provides a pretty unique opportunity for investors. Well, thank you to my guest, Brian Carr, for joining us for this edition of Stock Doc. And you can stay in touch with us through our Stockhead website. And if you haven't already done so, remember to subscribe to our twice daily newsletter for ASX Markets coverage, company profiles, and industry insights.